0: This is The Ed Show. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome back to Max Out. Today's a show that I've personally been looking forward to for a long time. And the reason is, is this entire show, you're going to be taking mental notes if you're driving. If you're on a treadmill, you're going to want to go back and listen to it again. If it's on YouTube, you'll be writing. This is heavy-duty note-taking. And the reason is, this man's approach is simple to peak performance but it's different than what you've heard before. And it's an approach I believe in. I practiced it myself. And let me tell you about this guy just for a second. This guy's one of the top performance coaches in the world, worked with 11 plus first round draft picks in the NFL, 700 plus athletes, eight national championship teams. Came on my radar because some of the work and speaking I've done. Coach Nick Sabin's a big fan of his, he's worked with his program. Russell Wilson, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL multiple different sports teams, UFC teams, the, uh, the, the the elite fighters in the military. One of the coolest things I saw was Sports Illustrated named him the sports world's best brain trainer. And so I've got access to one of the best in the world here today. And this is heavy content, guys. So Trevor Moad, welcome to Max Out, brother. Hey, you know what?
1: I don't, I don't know that I can max out much uh, phys- physically right now, Ed, but uh, psychologically, I'm ready to rock and roll. So thank you so much. Uh, for allowing me to be on the Ed Milet
0: show, great to have you, man. And, and during these times, guys, we are shooting this during the COVID nineteen sort of crisis, during the pandemic. When you hear this, maybe later than that for some of you, but nonetheless, these principles sort of transcend the time and space that we're in. But they're uniquely valuable right now. So I like your approach because this the space of personal development. I know you've worked mainly with athletes, but now you're working in the business space as well you hear about this positive thinking, positive thinking thing. It's been something that I've never really preached myself, not because I don't think there's a value to thinking positively. I just haven't always felt like it's applicable for most people at the time you find them in. And that's one of the things about your message that I love. So talk for a second about, first off, maybe a little bit about your dad might be kind of interesting for you, how positive thinking entered your life. And then what you believe a little bit more about neutral thinking, if you'd start there. Yes.
1: so, So, I mean, Look, I I think you know anybody that understands any type of business, um, in order to uh, to develop relationships with clients, you you've got to create your value proposition. And I don't care what you do. When I was a school teacher, you know uh, you know obviously if you're running a, a a world financial company, if you're you know no matter no matter what you're doing. So um, so how I would ultimately evolve the education and teaching, um, you know doesn't mean that that core principles that have been around, you know, since, uh, 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 you know, Tacitus and Aristotle and, and, uh, you know, obviously Abraham Lincoln and Norman Vincent Peale and Maxwell Maltz. And, you know, I mean, obviously those have standed the test of time. So, so much of of what we'll get to came out of an adaptation to a very unique population that will never listen to a podcast, Mm -hmm. will never seek self-help, is not going to Gary V. Mm-hmm. is not, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, 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 but how I was raised, um, you know, in the mid seventies, I was born, my dad, my dad, Bob Moad was a high school teacher and coach in a Washington state. So ultimately my whole life I was raised by, you know, a peak performance educator, uh, motivational architect things, uh, but really well developed systems for the business world. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, every night at, at dinner, I got a seminar related to the, the, the core principles in and around uh, peak performance.
0: And But one of the things that you talk a lot about, and and I know your dad's a big positive thinking person, and I, I think even you would categorize you and I both, we we, we respect positive <clears throat> thinking. We know there's a power to it. But what I didn't know is this sort of data you've gathered on the actual power of negative thinking and the impact yeah. negative thoughts have on us. And then even worse is maybe speaking them out loud. I yep. cannot wait for people to hear what you're about to tell them about that. Listen close, everybody.
1: You know, the first time I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, the whole principles and everything that I was, that I was taught and, and I was learning became a lot more real to me. It wasn't some anecdotal field in my mind. I, you, know, like, you know, like now my mind was an asset. I'd been a two-sport college athlete at Occidental and other things. And as I would get into my 19, 20, 21, like, uh, I, I learned to use my mind uh, as an asset and, and a lot of the core principles I was taught, but a lot of the sports psychology principles, a lot of the principles that I'd been raised with, uh, you know, that I was taking my dad's uh, process was increasing human effectiveness, unlocking your potential and committed to quality. And I was teaching a lot of those concepts in the sports world. And I had, you know, uh, uh, IMG Academy is famous for the Nick voluntary tennis Academy, a thousand high school athletes, 70,000, Dollars a year. Many of the best athletes: Tiger, Serena, Jeter, top prospects. Well, I'm like 24, 25, and uh, you know, by the time I'm 26, just because I'm there, and there's only a handful of us, you know, I'm working with the best players uh, in the country, and and then I'm you know working with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I had to ultimately come with a message that was going to make sense. In sports, we estimate that the mind the mindset's probably three to five percent. Because physiologically, like, there's, there's no bullshitting the truth. You have to be big. You have to be fast. You have to be strong. You have to be explosive. You have to have hands. But your mind is like a steering wheel. And a steering wheel it might be a small part of a car, but it gets you where you need to go. And um, so, you know, we started to realize that, uh, that, the, that the positive thinking message wasn't working. And we also needed more time. So I told Coach Saban after our first season, like, we, we can't, like, intermittently teach this. We've got four or five of the best people in the world from Wall Street, uh, clinical psychologists, myself on the self-esteem side. But like, let's build an architecture in the summer where we give them an alphabet and then we can build off the language. And the, one of the big things we taught them was that uh, negative thinking works. And we gave them a lot of the data from uh, 18% of your creativity, your increase in errors, uh, uh, you, you know, can go up by over 30%. Um, your it's, it's, it's a multiple of four to seven times more powerful than its equivalent positivity. And, and, uh, and then we had all sorts of, uh, 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 not anecdotal data, but we had from the Mayo Clinic to the Cleveland Clinic, 83% of illnesses are facilitated, exacerbated or started from, from negative thinking. And then what we started to learn was if we say things out loud, they're 10 times more powerful than if we think it. And if they're negative, there are a multiple of four to seven. So if a multiple, so if I'm saying negative things out loud, I don't want to be here. I hate the heat. Uh, what's going on in our world right now? What's the circumstance? What's the situation? Then I'm increasing the probability that what I don't want to have happen will happen by 40 to 70 times. The last point is the consumption of negativity. Uh, the consumption of negativity, three minutes of news is an increase in 27%. Uh, that we'll say we had a terrible day so like if, if you're diagnosed with a sickness the thoughts they're they're inevitably there right but how you talk about it is always going to be in your control and if you don't feel optimistic then saying nothing is going to at least give your brain the best functionality to navigate forward as opposed to uh, you know the the panic that you create uh, you know, by looking at the internet, by whatever, you know, all, all those things. So let's uh, stay there you know, for a minute. I want everyone yeah. to get
0: this. This is one of the most important things ever said on my show because it's simple. And when something simple, complexity is the enemy of execution, everybody. So when you're trying to change your life, you're like, I'm down on my luck. I have these negative thoughts. My self esteems low, but you're going to go all the way to walking meditations as the right. first thing you're going to do. Yeah. That leap is too far too and far. Let's just be clear about what you're saying cuz we both work a lot with athletes. Athletes are such a great training ground for what how business works. I want you to already said a couple things I want to rehearse. It's only 3 to 5% of the separator. You got to be physical in business, you still got to be skilled. You still got to have a great product. You still got to have a great business plan. But this 3 to 5% is the separator. And it's as basic to get to a decent level. Yes. It's as basic guys to get to a decent level as the thought of something negative is four to seven times more powerful than the positive thought. But once you express it verbally, you're going to 40 to 70 times the problem. Right. Stay with right. me on this everybody. One of the things that surprised me, because I was an athlete, just like you, similar type of athlete, good but not great yep. a at, uh, college athlete, that I am surprised how many people I mean, because I don't do it, I just didn't do it. it they speak negatives out loud. It's just not something I've done in my life. It doesn't mean I'm better or worse than anybody, but my life started out. I started to be pretty successful. I'm convinced because I was in this very small group of people. I don't think a lot of negative thoughts, but I very rarely say them out loud. And that magnifier, not having it in my life, has created a great deal of success, just that baseline. So the first part of the program, guys, we're going to give you some examples next. Then we're going to give you a different way to think. But so far, you ought to be going, I have to stop saying negative things out loud. And right. then to my consumption, news, negative people, right? Yep. These things, I have to keep them out of my proximity. These are the baselines to be successful. And if you're all wondering, that's what you do with the lead athletes? Athletes are the last people who buy into positive thinking stuff, just so you know. Because they, they deal with too much failure. So they know, you don't, you're 0 for 20 right, and you've caved 11 times, your inclination is not to be thinking positive, and they don't want to hear that from anybody around them, okay, so how do they turn it around, and I got to go to a baseball story with them, To I want to give them two or three examples, because they're unbelievable, I'm going to say this to you, I'm going to tell you that I'm a Red Sox fan first, okay, Uh and uh, 1986, I've cried like three times in my life, everybody, And one of the times I cried, I was in my own bedroom alone watching the World Series, watching my Red Sox, who had not won a World Series championship in a bazillion years. We're in the ninth inning. We've got a lead. Bob Stanley's on the mound. And our first baseman's a guy named Bill Buckner. The game's over. The game's so over, everybody, that the champagne is already in the Red Sox locker room. There are Mets players in their locker room taking their uniforms off to get ready to leave. They're not even in their uniforms anymore, some of them. And a guy named Bill Buckner boots a ground ball between his legs. Bless his heart. Great player, like 10-time All-Star. Yeah, eight-time Gold Glover. Gold Glover <clears throat> one of the best defensive players in the game at his position. Borderline Hall of Fame, or like 2,800 hits or something like that, I think Buckner had. It's the cap on his career. He's our first baseman. And, guys, he lets a slow ground ball go through his legs, and we ultimately end up losing that game and then losing the World Series. It's probably – bless his heart because he just passed away. But it's probably the the biggest error in the history of a championship game ever made. And I cannot believe what you're going to tell them about what you've discovered about Bill Buckner prior to this. So listen to this, everybody. Yeah, so so what? that's a great intro, Ed. And
1: obviously, you have the baseball background. Um, but I was watching an E60 story. And uh, this was probably six years ago. And uh, Jeremy Schapp, Jeremy Schapp was doing the story. And they were going back through the 86 World Series. And all of a sudden, they show an interview from Buckner, from a local Boston station. It was recorded. Um, but it, it, it somehow... Had hidden for nine, been hidden for nine years, and then so uh, it, uh, it then it reemerged when ESPN, you know, found it and showed it in 2012, 2013. But Buckner says, you know, the dream would be to to win the World Series, but my my real nightmare would be to let the game winning run score on a ground ball through my legs to cost us the World Series. And I'm watching this, right and I, I I'm like, no, like. <laughs> You know, and, and and Jeremy Schaap wasn't thinking much about it. He was saying prophetic, but he he didn't do what we do, Ed. So mm-hmm. like you hear it, I'm a big believer in the power of language. And, you know, ultimately we track down, track down the clip and then, you know, Mookie Wilson hits the ball, everything that you said. And this is what we know. Saying it didn't make it happen, but it increased the probability
0: by 40 to 70 times that it would happen. Okay, so do you call that what Buckner did? Everybody, I want you to just get this. This man spoke Mm -hmm. the ground ball prior to it happening into existence. I have Mm -hmm. to believe that when pressure hits, we sort of re Mm recoil to what you call like a subconscious plant, correct? Yes, yes. I think he's not consciously thinking, I'm going to boot this ground ball, but I think that that subconscious plant existed. What is a subconscious plant? What does that mean when you say that?
1: Yeah, so, so a subconscious plant is, is, you know, we have the conscious mind, you know, which is right now. And then we have the subconscious mind, which is operating in our self-talk, you know, at, at, at hundreds of words a minute, uh, you know, and it, and it goes it, you know, to our memory. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's one of those things that if we've said something, you know, a handful of times or over and over again, we've created part of an identity. Right. And and, and, and you know, um, uh, an identity is, is obviously when when the neurons sort of fire and wire together. And um, and I know you've had Joe uh, Dispens on your show who can explain it much more eloquently, but but way beyond my IQ. Uh, but that identity is formed like, you know, hey, I don't want this to happen. And mm-hmm. then as that moment comes, your identity is, is sort of like, well, this would be good. This would be bad. And, and so, you know, he, in his mind, he's probably remembering I could win it but I could also lose it right now. And the negativity is so much more powerful than the
0: positive memory that it, 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 it drives that. The good news, everybody, what you're getting out of today's show, there's only steps of what to do. So far, the first half of the show is just eliminating a behavior. Right, you can process of elimination. That. Now we're gonna yep. talk a little bit about neutral thinking. and By the way, and after we talk about this, I wanna talk about your book after this topic comes up. Sure. I wanna illustrate it with a story um, start with the story and then because the behavior is what really drives things. Will you tell them this SAT story for a minute with the guy with the 1400? Because yeah. I think facts tell, stories sell. So yeah. of all your content, when I've devoured it, some of the stories are what make points for me, right? And yeah. so please share this story and then make the point that you would make with it for them. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, truthfully, just even as a high school teacher, I cut my teeth in LA Unified School District. And then being raised by my, you know, my dad, like my dad had thousands of articles of these anecdotal stories, Mm -hmm. you know, and even to wrap up the negative one. He had a great story about a guy that locked himself on accident in a refrigerated boxcar, starts panicking, uh, you know, because he can't get the attention of anybody else uh, in the boxcar, starts writing down what's going through his mind. Like, I'm in this boxcar, I'm going to freeze to, you know, uh, uh, half asleep now, I can hardly write. And then the guy writes, these may be my last words. Is from Success Unlimited, a magazine in 73. They open up the boxcar many hours later. They find the guy and uh, he's dead. But then they check the, the, the freezing apparatus. It was 56 degrees. Oh, my gosh! They, they found out that the, the freezing apparatus was broken. There was, no, there was no physical reason for his death. All they could say uh, as they tried to diagnose it was somehow he talked himself into dying. Like, this is not a gimmick. Now, it may have taken cancer for me to appreciate it. But I hope it doesn't take people that. And it shouldn't. I'm, I'm so embarrassed it took that for me uh, because my dad, like the coach that he was, the teacher he was, the motivator was, the millions of people that <clears throat> that he inspired. And I love my dad and we were close. <clears throat> I just was like, now nah, I don't buy this. Uh, but the SAT in the 80s was scored out of two parts, a math part and a verbal part, both scored out 800 points. Well, people who are not successful, people who are not achieving, people who are about to get kicked out of school, people are you know, uh, substance abuse are typically not expected to do well. It doesn't mean they can't, but they're not expected to do well, but he promises mommy take it. So he takes it in May and then he gets a score back in June and he scores a 1480 out of 1600 <laughs> as my dad shares the story. So, um, you know, so like obviously for people that want a, a much bigger IQ than I have, and you've been pissed off that you haven't got big words yet in this podcast, uh, it would be called cognitive dissonance. Right. right, where where like what you believe to be true versus what happened are different.
0: Right. So In context, Trevor, I got a I got a eight seventy on my SATs and you got a ten ten, I think, right? So
1: I got a ten ten, yeah. yeah. So this is yeah. so,
0: blown up the score. It's almost <laughs> fifteen hundred. Right. Right.
1: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So so you know, as ultimately he uh um you know, so he's confounded his mother confronted him, did what any mom would do. She said, like, did you cheat, right? She knows her son. He said he tried to cheat, but the seats were, the scantrons were, you know, the way the seats were the number two pencil. Right. So, you know, he took the test. So going back into his senior year, he says, man, if I'm smart, I, uh, I might as well go to class. So he makes a decision based on that score that he'll go to class. Well, that decision, because he starts going to class, he doesn't hang out with people he used to when he didn't go to class. Well, now teachers see him and they start to treat him differently. And maybe they missed the boat on him. He's in class, he's learning more. Uh, graduates, goes to a community college, uh, goes to a four-year, and then goes on to the Ivy League, gets an MBA. Well, ultimately changes his life, comes this incredible magazine entrepreneur. So I'm young, I hear the story, and my dad was telling me all sorts of stories. Man, growing up, I'd be listening to Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and every great speaker you could imagine. So I'm hearing the story, and he said said that the the guy says, no, that's not the story. So 12 years after all this guy's success, he gets a letter in the mail from Princeton, New Jersey. Now, he doesn't think anything about it. So it turns out the next day his wife said, "You're gonna open it." He opens it. Well, it turns out the SAT board, which they do every year, will do a standard review of their test-taking procedures and policies. The year he took the test, according to my dad, he was one of 13 people sent the wrong SAT score. His actual score was a 14, eight, uh, seven, Excuse me, a 740 out of 1600. Oh, and and you know, as I heard it, I'm stunned. Wow. And and so the guy says, people think. The 1480 is what changed my life. But what in truth really changed my life is when I started acting like a 1480. <sighs> wow. And what does a 1480 do? He goes to class. Wow. And, you, you know, like what the sports world will tell you is yeah, they're Cam Newtons that look like GoBots and Transformers and LeBron James, but, but how do you explain a Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, um, and yes, there, there are Mike Trouts, but, you know, how do you explain um, a Craig Biggio? Right. You know, and and, and and I mean, so so there's so many like different and in the business world, of course, there are people that went to Harvard. Of mm-hmm. course, there are the Mark Zuckerbergs and and all the different people. But but how do you explain the the thousands of people right. uh, that that didn't go
0: through any traditional education and yet are
1: running our world?
0: Bro, that's mm-hmm. it's one of the all time great stories. And there's a couple more. Maybe we'll get to towards the very end because we're <clears> in the corner on this. But. That behavior piece is huge. So, so far, guys, we're piecing this together. It's don't say stupid things. Try not to think them and don't say stupid things out loud, number one. Two, your behavior is a predictor of your future. And sometimes behavior can influence thinking, right? Third, a huge piece that you teach. And by the way, I wish I knew this earlier, honestly with a lot of the uh, UFC guys that I've worked with. I wish I had this terminology that I am now gonna steal from you, just so you know, so when you hear please,
1: it's
0: it's mine. But, um, and that is the concept of neutral thinking. Everyone listen close, because this is something all of you can get to relatively quickly as well, is neutral thinking. What does that mean and how do you do it? So in
1: 09, probably through 014, I was studying non-negativity and the best information I could found out, I could find out about non-negativity was children's books and the, the elimination of negativity. And uh, you know, there was Taoism and some other things, but when, after my last season at Alabama, Kirby smart, who's the same age as me, got the head coach of Georgia. So it'd be like being at Google and, going to another company that's not quite Google, we're yeah. getting a chance to be the CEO and then me leaving Google mm-hmm. <clears throat> with a good job to go to him. And I told him, I said, hey, I wanna teach it a little bit different and I wanna call some things a little bit different than we've done in the past. Are you cool with that? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. And, and, and so um, we really started forming at that point, this idea of, well, negative thinking works negative and positive thinking it struggles so let's think of it as a car. If I'm going backwards, I can't go to forwards all at once. I got to go to the middle and and that middle ground is neutral. So the idea of being neutral is ultimately the acceptance of the past as real. And that's where positive thinkers and positive coaches fuck everybody up. And and because they want you to pretend that an outcome that you are currently facing or have faced recently, or you haven't been able to get through, if it's a bad one. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest, the bad ones are lasting a lot longer in your mind than the good ones. That Mm -hmm. just sucks. That's how we're wired. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just the truth. So they want to, like, uh, you know, I went through a divorce. I talked about it in the book. uh, That was, like, not my choice. I I still love her. She's amazing. We're great friends. But there was a lot of people that said, think of all the people now you get to meet. Well, like, fuck, I I got married to not meet anybody. I mean, you had your high school sweetheart. I mean, different people have different things, but like, uh, you know, different people have, uh, but you know, I I met mine, like, love at first sight, airport, all these different things. Well, you know, now it's over. So I I had to approach it like, this is real. But I also knew that if I lingered and talked a lot about it, that the negativity would bleed into my future behaviors. So the idea of neutral is, We played a bad half. We had a really bad quarter. We're facing some serious shit right now in our world. Um, I just lost the love of my life. Uh, I'm facing this health challenge. Um, I'm just not performing as well as I want. Uh, Whatever it is, uh, that that's real. Mm -hmm. But the, but while the past is real, it's not predictive. You're what you do next is, is what determines your future. Not how you feel. Guys, and, what he's and, saying, I just want to jump
0: in is when you got a corner who runs a 4 6 and he's covering a dude who runs a 4-3 and you keep telling that dude you can run with this guy, he knows he can't. Right. right? So there's got to be yeah. a neutral thinking and a behavior adjustment. Just I want there's, to just make sure they, inter- they understand. Right. It,
1: but, yeah, like there's right. – we film everything. So there's <laughs> no bullshit. <laughs> it, doesn't lie, so it doesn't lie. There's no bullshit. And we got a scoreboard.
0: Can you give me an example of a neutral statement?
1: I'll give you just a great one from Apollo 13 so you're five thousand miles away from earth and your secondary ship that's going to land on the moon uh or one of them uh, uh explodes so a lot of things are difficult to, to be positive about at that point mm-hmm. um and uh but negative thinking isn't going to work either so the positive thing might might be for uh jim you know level to tell buzz aldrin Um, and, and, um, and, and Fred Hayes, Hey man, just stay with me. We're going to get home. We are finding a way to get home. We are going to get there. And basically what his thing was is, all right, what, what just happened? We had a main bus valve break. Can we still land on the moon? So can we still land on the moon? Is the ultimate neutral statement. It's not positive. It's not negative. Can we land? No. Um, all right. Okay. We can't land. Um? Can we still, uh, you know, do these two scenarios? No. Can we still orbit the Earth in, or orbit the moon in this thing? No. All right, so this is our reality. This ship's not going to work. Can we get to the limb, orbit, and circle back? Yes. How would we do that? Can we get there? It doesn't have enough oxygen for all of us. So we're going to have a carbon monoxide issue. And every step, and anybody can go on YouTube <clears throat> and watch the Apollo 13 press conference. It's an hour and 26 minutes. It's available for everybody, the real one, um, and the whole thing is, <clears throat> this is how we did it, <clears throat> and then ultimately, what he said is, we just had to find a way to keep going, mm. you know. And, and, and so, but I think a neutral statement is, <clears throat> through adversity, I take setbacks as temporary. I bounce back quickly. Very good. You know. And,
0: good. And,
1: and 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 so, uh, you know, and hey, I got I got to support myself unconditionally.
0: Yes. Um, we're gonna find a way through. I want to go to the negative thinking thing, just for a second. I teach a thing called thought stacking. When you begin to think negatively, it's a hyper-fast thought stacking process you go through. So you magnify by thought stacking. It's almost impossible to contain one negative thought in your mind and then let it escape you. What you do is you begin to try to validate that Mm -hmm. thought with more negative thoughts and typically bigger ones. So that's why that's such a detrimental process to your, your productivity, your mental well-being and overall your success, you stack thoughts, everybody. That's a huge thing for you to know. That's why you've got to identify them when they're there and stop the negative thinking process. And especially as Trevor, much more eloquently than I say, saying them out loud. The second thing is when you become a neutral thinker, okay, And that is a baseline place to get. It's not that I don't want you to aspire to be a positive thinking person. I do want you to do that. When you become a neutral thinker, you build some mm-hmm. credit with yourself. Let me tell you what happens. When you neutrally think like, if you're in a UFC or you're one of my boxers and you're getting killed by a guy's left hook, neutral thinker says, hey, we've got to address the left hook, right? We've got to get our right hand up, or whatever that might be. That builds self trust. If you're a positive thinker going, I don't eat left hooks, I don't eat left hooks, I don't eat left hooks, and the evidence keeps happening to the contrary, you deplete your own self trust by being a positive thinker in a negative environment. So neutral thinking actually builds self-trust and self-confidence because what you're telling yourself, you're bearing to be true with evidence rep- repetitively so that when you do stack a positive thought, you've got some credibility with yourself. Does that make sense to everybody? So that's why neutral thinking is such a valuable asset.
1: That's one of the things in sports. Nobody cares why you didn't win. <laughs> you know, like, you, like it, it's just, you got to find a way to get it done. And, and, and so that's why I think sports are, are, are such... You know whether it's the UFC, whether it whether it's you know unique, different examples. And to your point about positive thinking, in the absence of negative thinking, positive thinking is a real weapon. Mm-hmm. So if you have negative thoughts, what I want you to know is the best athletes in the world, and 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 Ed, you know that whether it's the best athletes, best entrepreneurs, the best business people, everybody has them all the time, mm-hmm. because our wiring hasn't changed from ten thousand years ago. Where if we weren't assuming the worst, we were going to get stepped on by a dinosaur, yes, you absolutely. know, and, 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 and that's the reality. So, so, so the book, um, uh, the book, It Takes What It Takes, um, you know, with the forward by Russell Wilson um, is really, you know, it proves the power of negativity. So if you're an asshole and you're watching this right now and, and you want to debate me, you can't not read that. And, and, and walk away saying, you know what? Bullshit negative thinking is going to make me or the externalization of negativity, not going neutral. Like it's going to make me so much better if you're succeeding and that's how you've been doing. And you say a bunch of that stuff and you are behaving, then you have succeeded in spite of yourself. People who become average become average because they do average people things. You know, I think people who become successful do, successful people things. And people who, who, who struggle do struggle people things. Mm. And, 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 and so what happens if I'm a struggle people, if I'm a struggle person, and, and I keep doing that? Well, I know the outcome. I, I would rather aim high and miss than aim low and hit and aiming low is not helping. Mm. You know, so so focus more on a behavior. You know, that's why, uh, you know, all these fitness plans don't work like I, you know, my dad used to talk about playing uh, class reunions and it'd be 25 years, he'd see all these people and they look great. You know, and then it would the class reunion would be in August, and he'd say, you know, I wonder if Ed hasn't eaten since June. <laughs> you know, because you get back to to your class and you want, but but that's a short-term sell. You are only affecting your willpower, which will always lose to what you really believe. So after that event, you 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 eat a little bit more and and then you start to go back to who you think you really are and that's why uh the identity which is this is who i am based upon what i do and where ed said the the neutral comment about athletes can't fake it to themselves your confidence and your self-esteem is built on what you do not magical words and willpower uh, uh, a me coming to speak a seal coming to speak you know uh david goggins telling you you're a fucking pussy you know, uh, or all those things like that's going to get, I want to change. But if, if you don't have a plan, um, then you're going to go back to who you know you are, not based upon who you're destined to be, but because you think you're a 740. Imagine if you were born, Ed, and you were like, you know what? Every time I've tried walking, all I do is eat it. So I'm just going to chill for a couple of years until I can do what those other people do And walk without any problems, Mm. and that's what I've had to learn in relationships. Like, I did all the Catholic things right, yeah. Uh, But being a husband is so much more than that, Mm. and uh, and being and I I didn't I didn't do what what needed to be done for the relationship to exist, and I'm paying the consequences. That does not indict me to not having something better going forward. And if I try and I meet somebody and she's not interested in me, that doesn't mean that I'm doomed for failure. It means that that, that I've got to stay the course and, and, and execute the process. And that's what, that's what I've learned. And, and, you know, I think the difference, uh, what, what I've tried to do in, in probably of the hardest thing for me, Ed, I remember sitting down with, with, uh, Chris Faff, drama CEO, of young and reckless was like, you got to sell people on your badassness. And, and so I think, uh, it takes, what it takes is an exploration. Some of the best athletes, some of the best people, uh, uh, uh and an evolution of how we came to the idea of thinking neutrally um, and the great people like Ed Milet that I've been blessed to have my knowledge uh, raised and get better because the right attitudes are contagious. Attitudes are contagious in general. That's a neutral statement, bad or, or good, but the right attitude is a competitive advantage. And all an attitude is, is is, it's just a teeter totter, man. It's a direction in which you lean. So your audience, your audience is, has got choices to make right now with some real realities that are that are no bullshit.
0: Yeah, Trevor, one of the re- separators for you is it's real life, real world experience, not theory. And that's why guys get the book. I'm just going to tell you straight up and your vulnerabilities are what make you valuable, bro. If you were doing the superman thing, I wouldn't connect with you cuz I'm screwed up too. Right? Yeah. So I love dudes that are screwed up and are trying to be less screwed up to be great. Yeah, I want to be less. Yeah, me too. And you said something in there that was just dude, there's so many so much gold in there but you said something. I think I quote this correctly, where you said your willpower will eventually succumb to who you believe you are, and Correct. that is powerful, man. Like it will eventually succumb. Your willpower will. So not even close. It's not even it, it, it. It's not even
1: close. It's why. It's why most uh, New Year's af- uh, New Year's uh, uh, affirmations,
0: Resolution.
1: yeah. or resolutions, or affirmations are gone by halftime of the Fiesta Bowl. I want to know last
0: thing, and uh, we're pressed up on it, but that's just I, I, I want to know my, myself because I've worked with different guys too, but you've worked with people I haven't worked with that I'm interested in them. So without being personal about them, what does Russell Wilson, Mike Trout, Nick Saban? Let's just take those three. So different positions, and one's a coach, one's a quarterback, one's an outfielder. Okay, those three guys, and you've worked with tons. What is different about them? because uh, there's something different about them that's different amongst the different ones mm-hmm. to get to those levels everyone's different urban meyer's a dear friend of mine uh these lou holtz has become a pretty good buddy like there's something different about those few people that's different amongst the difference you know what i'm saying yeah. what do you could you what do you think it is or what do you know it is
1: yeah well it's interesting you mentioned you know lou holtz because I mean, you talk about somebody that doesn't have traditional aptitude, and I remember being a uh, 1997 finishing college in Pasadena, California. He came to speak. I I I was able to raise, get, well, get my dad to pay a thousand dollars to go see him. Great. And One of the things, one of the things that he that he would talk about, because there wasn't a lot of digital content available, was this idea that he didn't let his t- he didn't let members on his team quit once the season started. You had to play the whole season. You could, you could quit at the end of the year, but like that was clear. And, and, and he said, by doing that, players woke up every day, not deciding if they wanted to be a part of the team that was already decided. Right. So, uh, so that would help me where any job I take, uh, I'm going to make a two-year commitment. That's what my dad believes. So if I worked for a full-time company, my goal is to commit two years because I need to know, obviously, unless they don't commit to me, but I need to have a better understanding of who they are and what they're about. So when I, you know, went to, to Exos, I was there two years to the day. When I went to IMG, I was there, you know, twelve years. But but that two year commitment when I when I went to teach, I taught two years at the first school, two years at the second year. So that was from Lou Holtz. But I, this is what I would say, and and I know as we close, um, you know, why is Nick Saban, uh, you know, this guy who worked at his dad's uh, gas station from, uh, you know, uh, Monaga, West Virginia one of Forbes' best leaders in the world. And I know so many people like, why should a, a, a football coach be a, one of the best leaders in the world? We don't get to decide those things. You know, uh, other people make those decisions. But, but his, his message is universal. And if you don't believe it, you see who was more impactful uh, during an F5 hurricane in the state of Alabama, Nick Saban and his players or the, the government officials of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so what I would say about Nick is, is an incredible understanding of where he's good and, and where, where he can get better. And he supplements all the areas. He's not afraid to reach out to tons of different people, tons of speakers, uh, a lot smarter than me, uh, whether they're in, in substance abuse, motivation, education, inspiration, uh, business, uh, and, and then uh, a handful of those people get a chance to consult on a more frequent basis for me, which was 25 to 30 days a year, and then play a deeper role uh, weekly with him. So his understanding of a, you don't need to be sick to get better. Yeah. I'm really good. Uh, and he has got a great system. And like, he's so good at what makes football players. Good. Like coach is good. How he recruits his architecture. Like, you know, it, it's not a BS positive message. So he's going to give a talk for 10 minutes. He prepares for two hours because he learned when he met one of the presidents of the United States that, that he saw that level of preparation with the president of the United States and said, why well, should it be any different for a coach? Mm-hmm. Now, I think Mike Trout, so, so for me, I, you know, my relationship was with Billy Epler and the coaches. I got to consult you know, 30, 40 days with the team uh, and spend you know uh, probably uh, a lot more time with some than with others, but I got to spend a lot of time uh, watching Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. You know, and because and, and, uh, Mike Trout is, you talk about like great to greater. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Mike Trout, and, and so what I saw in Mike was uh, the humility was incredible. Uh, the athleticism was obviously uh, exceptional, um, you know, and, and incredible. The, the grit and grind, you know, he, he was making 30 million a year and still going home and living with his family. Yeah. Uh, how he managed adversity, his adversity tolerance, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know uh, when they, you know, and, and I'm sure he handled it well with Tyler Skaggs last year, uh, for those down in Orange County. Uh, you know, and I, I love Tyler uh, and his family, uh, but I, I think Mike uh, has an incredible process, um, and he trusts. I, what I saw was he trusts his process. He's not looking for gimmicks. You know what? I, one of the things that that pisses me off the most is when somebody says, "I read your book. What can I read next?" just fucking follow the book. (laughs) You know, like I, I hate serial readers. Mm -hmm. I think what Mike is just, he has a really good process. He trusts it. Doesn't vary, but, 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 but he's open-minded and he'll listen, but he's, he's not looking for gimmicks, you know? uh, And, 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 you know, in baseball uh, it's not about getting rid of the, 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 the the slump. It's happening. It's how you minimize the length of it. That's the difference. You know, you minimize yours to four four games versus fourteen games, yeah. because four games, like, they can ride through with you. Fourteen games, man, they gotta get something done. Yeah. So, uh, and then I would say, um, Russell, Russell's just the most cre- incredible collection of world class behaviors. He just does everything, like, you know, how he talks out loud. If you're negative, you have you can't live in his life. Mm. Like, you, you, there's no room for you. You know, like, there's, there's no negative news on TV. You know, they'll watch Netflix. they watch other things. Listens to uplifting spiritual music. Yeah, he's not afraid of rap. He's not going to plug his ears or whatever. But, but um, the time he gets up, the nutritionist, his, uh, his uh, active release therapist, his massage therapist, uh, his understanding of his body's physiology, um, and, uh, you know, understanding of sleep hygiene and fatigue science. Uh, he has a great understanding of how that works for him. And then, if you listen to Russell talk, if you go on the podcast we did with Zillow, or or some of the other things that we've done, this guy knows more than me, you know, because he lives it. He understands neutral thinking, the minimization of negativity, and that's what got him through an interception at the one yard line with 124 million people watching, which was 11 million people more than that watched Mash, Mash's finale. For you young people, you may not know, but that was the most popular show. That 124 million people that watched him throw an interception was the most televised event in the history of our country. Wow, wow. And, and he made that mistake and we, we got through it neutrally. It was real. We evaluated what happened, what was the decision, feet placement, arm throw, all the different things, routes. This is real. Uh, and then we went down to Rancho Santa Fe. The book goes into this in depth about how we navigated it. We got what was in our control, a great off season. You know, that was all we could control. We, we, we got a really good trainer. We had a great offseason, did all the things that you need to do, uh, followed his goals, which was to run uh, at the 4-4 level. He had run in the low 4-5s. That was an aspirational goal. We shot for that. We built everything around speed so he wasn't getting caught from the back end. Uh, and then every morning we watched one of his fourth quarters going all the way back to his ninth grade year while he'd have breakfast. If you want to stay where you're at, stay. Like, it's okay. Like, I, this is where I'm like, this is why I aspire uh, to to spend my time with people who are already really good. We need to be neutral in our language. We need to be radical in our candor with ourselves.
0: Very good. Trevor, Trevor. That yeah, was awesome. That was really awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Make sure you go get Trevor's book. Follow him on Instagram. And those of you that are not following make sure you follow me because I run the max out two minute drill every day. It's a big deal. Every day I make a post at 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern. And if you make a comment in the first two minutes, which means your notifications need to be turned on, if you do that, we do a drawing every day. You can qualify three ways. One, make a comment the first two minutes when I post. Second thing is reply to other people's comments so I see you engaging together. Or third, if you miss the first two minutes, I make five posts a week. Comment on every post at any time. We pick winners that do that as well. You ride on my jet, come see me speak, get coaching calls with me, coaching calls with my guests, my book, max out gear, all kinds. I'm of- gonna
1: I'm gonna follow all of Ed's platforms now. I've I've never been allowed to do any of the following for us.
0: So, so uh, but
1: but I'm gonna make sure I, I get all that done uh, to follow you on uh, 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 what is it? Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Instagram.
0: Instagram. Instagram yes and by the way I, i'm going to follow you as well i think i'm already following you actually because i know too Good. much about you i must be following your stuff every day so listen everybody thank you for being here today trevor that was outstanding stuff and god My bless pleasure. you all and max out take care
1: this is the admired show